hey, good morning. Good to see everybody today. Welcome to Centerpoint. Why don't you just clap your hands and welcome somebody to church today. Hey, if you're new here, my name is John. I'm lead pastor here and I, I'm so glad that you're our guest. And, um, uh, you know, I, I usually am pretty health conscious, right? And I, I, I've, you know, said things up here like, we need to stop eating so much garbage and said it with intensity, right? And, and I believe all of that. Uh, but there are also times when I have my moments, right? And, um, and I find myself having a moment where, where something deep inside of me is crying out and saying, I need chocolate. Can anybody relate, right? And, and I'm sorry, but the 80% dark bitter will not do. I need like legit sugary, you know, evil, <laughs> but good <laughs> chocolate, right? And so a couple weeks ago, I mean, I know probably a lot of us can relate to moments where you just need some comfort food for better or for worse. And uh, I had a moment like that a couple of weeks ago, and for me, in a moment like that, my go-to is peanut M&Ms, you know, because I, I guess it's partly because, you know, inside each and every one, there's a peanut, and that's like basically a health food, so, you know, <laughs> helps me feel better about doing bad, I don't know, but uh, so I had one of those moments where I just, I stopped at the store, I got a, myself a packet of peanut M&Ms, and I came home, and I sat down, and I consoled myself with every last one of those peanut M&Ms, especially the green ones. They bring a special comfort to me, you know? <laughs> and uh, when I was done with this packet of peanut M&Ms, I looked down in my, in my lap, and I, and I looked at the packet, and I noticed after I ate all of them, what it said <laughs> on the package, <laughs> the share size. Apparently, I had missed that memo, you know? <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one that can see, you know, share size and internally translate that into more for me, you know? <laughs> but anyway, oh, I, I digress. The, the, I think that there's a, a message that I need to bring today that has to do with recognizing how God has actually given a plan and an intention for us to recognize that, that what he gives to us, he gives us in share size, and that we get to, in a sense, begin to become aware that, that there is a share size dynamic. And then to do our part to enter into uh, the reality of, of doing the sharing. So I want to start out with a little bit of, a, of an illustration. And I need a volunteer. I need somebody who loves peanut M&Ms as much as I do. And that you'd be willing to come up on this platform for about a minute and a half. Raise your hand if that's you. I need a volunteer. I'm not joking. I need somebody. you right here. All right. Yes! Yasmin Wooten, come on up. Yes. Stairs are right here. All right. By the way, if you've ever been to the press in Old Town Marietta, you can thank Yasmin and Deshaun Wooten for that because it's their place. Anyway, come on up. All right. So stand right here in the, in the middle. Okay, Yasmin? And um, I want you to put your left hand behind your back because that one doesn't work right now. But um, so you like peanut M&Ms? Okay. So you want some, right? Okay. There. <laughs> Hold on. What did you just say about the, about the peanut M&M's? They're healthy. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Okay, so uh, hold out your, your right hand and put it out like this, nice and strong. And you like peanut M&M's, so I am going to go ahead and just give some to you because you like them, and I think you're nice. I thank God for you. No, hold on. That, that'll mess up my illustration. You got to keep them like this. Okay, so you like the peanut M&M's, right? Okay, but you, you probably want more of them, huh? Right. Okay, well, the thing is, I, I, I could give you more, but it's just going to, they're just going to, it just doesn't going to work. So, so here's what I need you to do. If you really want more, I'm going to need you to walk right over here to the edge, 
and I'm going to need to bring your arm back like this and launch those suckers yeah. right out here. Do it right now. Okay. Go ahead, pull the arm back and launch them. Cover your eyes, okay? Go ahead, do it. Okay. Launch those suckers, do it. Yeah! All right. Now, Yasmin, so do you, you know what I'm so impressed by is that I have found in Yasmin a woman who is willing to be a conduit of my blessings of peanut M&Ms. And it moves me. And now I say to you, do you want some more? Well, then step right here into the middle and now put out both of your hands. Okay, you wanted more. I want to give you more. I'm so impressed with your willingness to be a conduit of the blessings of peanut M&Ms that I'm going to fill your both hands with them. How do you like that? Okay, but I still want you to give them away. So now I want you to now launch those suckers right out this way. Put your hands up and catch. Go do it now. Yay. Whoa, that's an arm. You got more. Come on, more. All right. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, Yasmin, you have been faithful. You have been faithful with little, and then you have been faithful with more. And because I have found in you somebody who is willing to be a conduit of the blessing of peanut M&Ms, I am now giving you, my sister, full-size, full-size packets in both hands. And you can take those with you and do whatever you would like with them. Go ahead. Thank you, Yasmin. Woo! All right. <laughs> so hopefully you get the point, right, that, that, that the, the source of the peanut m and <laughs> see? The source of the peanut M&Ms wasn't her, but when she was willing to be the one through whom they could flow, more were provided. And I want us to just take to heart what the scriptures say. Acts 20, verse 35. It's interesting. There's a, a phrase that, that Jesus said that isn't recorded in the Gospels, but was recorded in the book of Acts. And, and I want you to read this whole verse out loud with me. Ready? Go. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That is Jesus' idea. And, and my question to you is, do you believe Jesus about that? Because some of us might go, huh, it's an interesting concept there you got, Jesus, about giving. But no thanks, I think I'll be a keeper. <laughs> you know, but Jesus, I think he means it. And if we accept that he's the Lord and that we're followers of Jesus, I think we need to take to heart what he said here. It is more blessed to be a giver. It is more blessed to step into generosity and I want for you to step into generosity today. And we're going to spend some time in uh, 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. And I want you to uh, turn there in the Bible right now to 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. And as we talk today about giving, uh, now the fun part where we were talking about peanut M&Ms is over. And now we're going to talk about money. And so, but I want you to keep the same joyful spirit about you that you had when it was about these. Can you do that? Oh, I didn't believe. Can you do that? Right, okay. So uh, we're going to turn there in the scriptures. And you know what? In, in 2 Corinthians, here's what we find. The Holy Spirit is speaking through the Apostle Paul to a group of believers, a lot like us. And the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying all kinds of things like, hey, you need to grow in your faith. Like, have a real faith where you really trust in Jesus through that faith. And, and grow in your knowledge of God. And have a, a true knowledge of who he is and what he's done. And and how about your love for each other? Let it be more earnest. And, and so there's all of that kind of teaching flowing through. But right on the heels of that, in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, it says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love that we have kindled in you, 
Say the last part of this verse out loud. Ready? Go. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. Everyone say also. Also. As in, look, we, we expect that when we're gathered as the church that we're going to hear about faith and we're going to hear about uh, knowledge of God and we're going to hear about love for each other. We expect that, right? But God is saying in a sense, right, but your money and what you do with it and giving, this is kind of in the same list. It's not off the table, you know? And in fact, God is saying, this is something I want you to excel in. It, to excel means to get better and better. And I love that the scripture puts it this way, excel, like get better and better. Because for a lot of us, there's probably some room to improve, right? And there's an opportunity for every one of us to do just that, to learn to get better and better, this grace of giving. And it's a grace. It's a, 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 a movement of the spirit of God within us that would allow us to release, right? We, we, we think about giving, and we might think of it in terms of loss. And we think about it and think, if I give, then I'm just going to lose, and then I won't gain, and I won't have it anymore. But from God's perspective, God is the one who looks at it and says, no, when you open your hand and, and release what I provided for you, what I see is that now your hands are ready to receive more. And, and I want us to have that in our minds as we come to understand God's word and the opportunity to excel in the grace of giving. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting down with uh, Sharon and Keith here. Sharon is our women's ministry director in our church, and we were going to talk together about this all for the one thing. And uh, she said, hey, can my son join us? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so her son's 20, his name's Christian, and he was part of the conversation. And, and it came up, he, I don't know exactly how it came up, but we were just over breakfast, he started talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm a tither, I've been tithing, and I, I believe in tithing. And he kept on going on about it, and I was like, wait a minute, can I get my phone out and record you? You know, I didn't do it in time, but I said, hey, can I actually get you to come in and share a little bit of that uh, so that I can share it with our church? And he said, sure. So I just want to share a little bit of Christians excelling in the grace of giving story. Check it out. I'm Christian and this is my story. So growing up my whole life, I've been a Christian and grown up in the church, but my faith didn't really become my own until I moved out and went to college. And what I discovered was that Jesus is a comforter and like he just comes with love and like just your whole life is dedicated and like not just like part time like on Sundays or Saturday, like the weekend, but like every day just like trying to like follow him and seek him first like an apprenticeship like just learning from like how he was on the earth and stuff like that so i'm 20 and i have this full-time job which i'm which god has blessed me abundantly through i feel that since i spend all my time working that i need to give back to the lord and show god that i'm taking my apprenticeship to jesus seriously and like my goal in giving is like it it's an accurate representation of like my faith. If I trust you with my life, like I have to trust you with my money. So I recognize that like, it's probably unusual for like someone my age to like be giving, but I feel like it's just like a step of obedience to like God and like show him my appreciation for like what Jesus did on the cross for me. And like, it's just another act of just sacrificial giving and like sacrificial just so like obedience and like I could spend my money on a bunch of different things but I want it to go to like the Lord first like it's not me like it's not like oh like I'm so like good because I give but just like like he's so good that I need to give you know yeah right on I love that you know what I love is that sometimes 
millennials get a, an, a, an unfair bad rap. And I love that there's a whole bunch of millennials just rising up and saying, I will take my place in the body of Christ and I will be a part of it in every way, including in this grace of giving. I'm grateful for that. I love it. You know, I want us to spend some time in the scriptures in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So I want you to turn there. And this whole section of scripture, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, two whole chapters, are about finances and in particular about giving so that the work of God through the church is accomplished. And so it's an important part of the scriptures to make sure we pay attention to and come to with an open heart, ready to say, God, speak to me. And uh, so it's talking about giving, giving financially to see the work of God accomplished. And then there's an analogy that's introduced. And that's where I want us to jump in at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 6 about giving financially. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you, well actually let's just pause right there. You know, this, this analogy that we're given here is, is a farming kind of an analogy. And probably most of us aren't farmers, but we probably could imagine enough about uh, farming and sowing seed to take to heart this analogy. It's kind of like this. If you wanted to have some tomato plants, you would need to take seeds and plant them in the ground. You'd need to sow the seeds. And if you wanted one tomato plant, you would need to plant how many tomato seeds? It's not a trick question, <laughs> and it's not common core either. Like, if you wanted one tomato plant, how many tomato seeds should you plant? If you want 10 tomato plants, how many tomato seeds should you plant? Right, it's, it's, a, it's sowing, it's, it's basic, right? And so the scripture here with regards to money presents this analogy, and it's more than just an analogy, it's a spiritual law. God who created the heavens and the earth put certain things in place. For example, the law of gravity by which we understand that a, a mass is going to, to fall at a certain rate of speed and with a certain kind of a, an impact. We understand the laws of thermodynamics. Those are things God put in place. And here we're being given insight that there's a spiritual law related to our finances. And it's the law of sowing and reaping. Everyone say sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. If I were to just start this message today by asking you, hey, does anybody want to learn about how you can enjoy and, 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 and receive and reap from God a, a, an amazing amount of blessing in your life? Who would raise your hand and say yes? And you're being sheepish right now because you know I'm talking about money. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> but listen, that's what's really on the table today is the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping is this. That you reap what you sow in measure with how much you sow, and you reap it later than you sow it. I mean, that's the, the essence of the law of sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. If you want tomato plants, you plant tomato seeds. If, if you want to receive the, the goodness of God in financial provision, then you sow the seed of finances. If you want time, then you can say, well, I'm going to give my time. And then you'll be blessed with lots of time, you know. The law of sowing and reaping is we reap what we sow, and we reap in measure with what we sow. If we want to just sow a little, then that's okay. And we can also then anticipate to reap just a little. That's just what this spiritual law is communicating to us. And we reap later than we sow. 
when, when, uh, when you want those tomato plants, you don't put the seed in the ground and then the next morning come out and start, you know, kicking the ground like, come on, I wanted my tomato plant. You know, you've got to wait. There's, it's like six weeks or something later before you have tomatoes, right? And so it's kind of like this with regards to this law of sowing and reaping. But I want you to see that there is a way in which you can actively be engaged in a spiritual act with your finances that gives you the opportunity to anticipate God being generous to you. Those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. Those who sow generously will reap generously. This is God's idea. It comes from his good heart towards us. And, and so I want you to think about all for the one for a moment. So uh, if you haven't uh, taken one of these booklets yet, I, I want you to please make sure to take it. And would you read through it and even pray through the vision of all, through, all for the one uh, together with me. And uh, understand what we're really talking about. What we're really talking about is a vision to see 10,000 people come to know Jesus over the next 10 years. That's the heart of this thing. And to facilitate that, we're talking about a project of expanding this worship center that's going to cost somewhere in the neighborhood of the $3 million or so mark. Uh, that's a, 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 when we get to the construction, we'll get to the real numbers. But for now, anyway, um, I, I want you to think about the impact. The impact of people coming to know Jesus and what that means in terms of people's lives being lifted up into the hope of heaven, people's lives being restored to the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through. And, and to understand that sowing now leads to a harvest in the kingdom that is God's great desire. But God invites you and I to be a part of how it happens. So all for the one, what it is at the core is an opportunity for you to sow into the vision of the kingdom of God to see something amazing happen. So uh, when we bring a thing like this, sometimes there can be a tendency to think something like this, like, oh, they just want my money. No, no. W what we want to do together is to follow Jesus into his mission and to have an opportunity to do what the scripture is talking about, to sow. And I hope that many of us would say, and I want to sow generously because I want to see God show his faithfulness in my life. This is what this is all about. I, I want to continue reading in verse uh, Verse 6 and 7 again, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Again, verse 7, each of you. How many of you? I think what the scripture is communicating is this idea of 100% participation. Like, it's right there. That God's heart, the Holy Spirit who inspired these words is in a sense saying, I really love it when you're all together in this thing. Yeah, you can do different than what they can do. But each of you, like all of you, 100% participation. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. So my question is, have you engaged in a bit of a process where, where your heart is able to do some deciding? And, and what does that process look like? I will tell you that for me, this, this journey of deciding in my heart what to give, it started a long time ago. I mean, I was, I think, 15 years old, almost 16, and I was working at the yogurt store making six bucks an hour, and I heard about tithing. 
and I heard this message about bringing 10% of my income to the Lord to further the work of the church. And when I was making six bucks an hour, I was thinking, man, that's 60 cents on every dollar I earn. That's going to hurt, you know. And uh, nonetheless, though, I, I heard the message from Malachi chapter 3 that said, test me in this. Bring the whole tithe into my storehouse and see if I won't open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't even be able to contain it. I heard that and I felt like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And, and I started at that time and I've never stopped. I've never looked back. I've never even thought about it. For me, I, I, I've decided in my heart already, a long time ago, at the very least, I will always be tithing. I will always be giving 10% of my income to the Lord. That's just been the way we've done our life together. But then there are seasons where this particular missionary has something going on that we believe in. And we're not going to stop tithing. We're going to say, yeah, in addition to our tithing, we want to give and support that. We love what they're doing in Mexico City. We're a part of it, right? And uh, three other times now. For my family, you know, as our church has been building these kinds of church buildings, we've stepped up to the plate every time and said, yeah, of course, we're always going to tithe, but this calls for more, you know, and we've brought that more with a glad heart, with a cheerful heart, with a heart that says, man, everything I have has come from God. I mean, the, the physical health in my body to be able to do my job, the uh, ability to stay on uh, for Anne when she was nursing full-time and then some, to be able to stay on 12, 14 hours in a hospital, like oh, the strength to do it and the skill, that all came from God. And so, Lord, to give back to you is our, our joy, you know, to do something practically that shows God we get it, that you're the source of everything, that you're the one who provided the peanut M&Ms, right? And that's what we get to do is to come to a moment like this with a, a different perspective. All for the one is an, it's like a field of good dirt has been spread out in front of you and you get to evaluate the seed that's been provided to you and you get to think, well, do I want it? I mean, there's good, it seems like good soil there and maybe I could put some of my seed in that ground and see what'll happen. And I think that if you would take to heart what God's word shows, you'll see his faithfulness uh, much the way I have. I want to continue reading. It says in verse 8 and 9 and 10, it says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. <laughs> I want you to hear this again. And God is able to do what? I, now, don't take this out of context. The context is specifically the, the verse before it that talked about you and me choosing to sow generously. And that as we do, we get to see the second part of the equation here that God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, you'll have all that you need and you'll abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. Read verse 10 out loud with me. Ready, go. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Everyone say increase. This is the word of God. And you should know that our God is a good heavenly father and he cares about everything. 
I mean, he cares about the work of his church. He cares about the kingdom efforts to see that one brought home. Yes, he does. And he wants you and me to partner with him to see the kingdom work thrive. But he also cares about you and me personally, our households. He cares about your need to pay the mortgage. He cares about your need to buy the new car. He cares about your desire to pay for the wedding of your daughter. He cares about your need and desire to take a trip with the family this summer. He's passionate about wanting to demonstrate his care for you in those things. And there is a dynamic we need to understand that our willingness to see God for who he is, as the one who is the supplier of everything, the seed and the bread is also the one that when he sees that we are willing to be the faithful conduits through whom his blessing can flow, he's ready to increase our store. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for that. When I, when I first read that, I'm like, wait a minute, is that legal? It sounds like the prosperity gospel. <laughs> it's, it's just not. It's just the scriptures. It's just God saying, I want you to know my heart. I'm a good dad. I want good things for you as much as I want good things for the, the church and the mission, right? And, and so we've got to recognize here that he supplies seed to the sower and bread. And there's a difference between these two things. Both, uh, it's an analogy, and both the seed and the bread represent finances. And, and however finances come into your life, it is God who's providing it. It may come through the business that you started is starting to thrive. Or you got promoted to become the regional director and now you get bonuses every year. Or it may come because, you know, you, you've worked hard and you get extra shifts. Or it may be an inheritance. Or maybe you won the Powerball. I don't know. But you, you, the finances come and it's God who is the supplier. And in all of those finances that come into your household, you need to know that a good amount of that is bread. You know what bread is? Bread is something that you just go ahead and enjoy. You just go ahead and eat. You, know, you recognize, man, God has provided and this is bread. I get to you know, pay the bills and pay the rent and plan a vacation and buy the car and that stuff. Because you've got a good heavenly father that says, I want my daughters eating good bread. I want my sons to have plenty of bread. Yes. But some of what God allows to come into your household, the financial provision, is seed. And you don't eat your seed. If you eat your seed, you damage your future. You take the seed that God has given. You reflect on all the provision and, and you go, you know what? This, this part though is seed God has provided. And now I get to sow it into the good soil of the work of God and a vision of reaching people. And, and as I do that, I then see God showing me his faithfulness over the long haul in allowing me to reap generously. I, I might even anticipate seeing an increase because he's seen me to be faithful in his eyes as a conduit through whom his blessings can flow. Don't you, I mean, can you just be honest for a second? Don't you really hope to maybe see a bit of increase in, in your financial reality in your life? I mean, is it okay to admit that in church that we do want to see a bit of increase? Am I the only one that would be willing to admit that? I, I want to admit that, and I want to reflect on the fact that God has said, right, I actually want to see that too. And so here's how you get there. Partner with me. Recognize I'm the one who supplies it all. And be a conduit through whom whew, the blessings can fly and flow. And watch what I'll do in your life as a result. 
I want to read verses 10 and 11 again. It says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Verse 11 again said, you will be enriched in every way. I think maybe God's looking for some people that would say, I'm going to take you at your word, Lord. I'm going to believe you for that, God. And, and if we would be so bold as to say, God, I'm going to believe you for that, that we would follow it up with the grace of giving. And the essence of this message today, the main point, the main idea, if you're taking notes, is this. Is that generosity is the way to live because God multiplies what I give. Generosity is the way to live because God multiplies what I give. I want you to write it down. I hope that you would take it to heart and decide, I'm going to live a life of generosity because God multiplies what I give. Now, back to verse 11, again, it said, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And read the last part of that verse out loud with me. Ready, go. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Your generosity, yours, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know, I, I want to just remind you of... of, of some facts around here. In 2005, our church was meeting in a little storefront uh, in, a, in a strip mall down the street. And that's what we had. We were paying a lot for rent and didn't have much space for it. And, and, and th there was a vision. The, the vision I was sharing with people is, hey, down the street, that property, let's build a church building, you know? And there was a, a group of us that just said, man, I don't know how we're going to pull this off. There's only a few of us, but let's shoot for it. Let's go for it. 95 households in 2005 from our church made a commitment, came to a, a, a commitment weekend with a commitment that made it possible for us to build our first church building. It's that one over there that we call CP Kids now. But for a, a good number of years, six years or so, that was what we had. And you know what happened in that building? You know what happened in there? About 400 people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and King. That's what happened in there. And you know what? For each one of those people, that, and some of you are still here, right? You, you came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And when you came to know the Lord Jesus, you know what began to come out of your mouth next? Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I mean, I heard it again and again. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. People came to know Jesus in that place. In a very literal way, the generosity of those 95 households led to and were resulting in thanksgiving to God. I mean, when you think about what Jesus has done for you in giving his life for you to be saved for all eternity and providing his Holy Spirit to lift you up and fill you with hope, don't you wish there was something you could do that could result in him receiving more thanksgiving for who he is? Yes, your generosity is that thing. One of those things. And your generosity it will result in thanksgiving to God. It's what you're made for. It's what we are made for. So here's what I want to do. Uh, you've got the all for the one booklet. I want you to take it and read it. If you didn't get one last week, take it this week and help dial in on, on the vision of what we're talking about. Um, if you need more information, we've got uh, 
allfortheone.tv is a website where there's a little bit more information. Um, but I, I want you to think about what we're doing together. Together we are saying, God, yes, to a vision that goes beyond ourselves. A vision that extends beyond right now. A vision that carries us into a future where we will continue to say, each one who doesn't know you, Lord, deserves the chance to. And we'll do our part to create one of those places that can be the home that you, you will bring those ones to. And, and so uh, it, it, to do that is going to require financial resources. It will require a good number of us, 100% of us, God willing, that would say, I'm in. I want to help make it happen. And so I want to make sure that you know what we're going to do. So on, uh, on November 18th, we're going to wrap up the All for the One campaign. By the way, uh, on uh, last weekend, I told you that we would be uh, doing a commitment weekend on November 4th. But when I went home Sunday night and was trying to fall asleep, all I could think was, ah, it feels too soon. And I feel like we need a few more weeks to catch our breath and, and pray and, and really not have a knee-jerk reaction, but be able to truly pray. And, and I also felt like there's a couple more messages that I wasn't originally planning on for this series that I really want to make sure that you can hear. A message on hearing the voice of God and, and a message on finding courage to conquer fear. I, I want to make sure you can hear those messages and then come on November 18th or Saturday the 17th for the commitment weekend. So the commitment weekend, what that looks like is we'll set our altars up kind of like we do for communion, but instead of coming up to receive what Jesus has done, uh, we come up and, and make our commitment known. Whatever our commitment is, it, it's got to be based in grace. It's never a have to. Whatever giving we do, it's because we have received the grace of God and we felt his love and we want to. And so I'm truly asking you to only approach it that way. But here's what you'll do that, that weekend. You'll bring your commitment card forward and then starting in the very beginning of December, you'll have 24 months, two years, to complete that commitment. But I want to make sure that we all have an understanding of what to do with the commitment card. So if you just, if you got one on your chair right now, open it up for a minute and make sure it's, uh, you know, something that you're familiar with because I don't want you to have any uh, confusion about it. So you'll write down a few things on this commitment card. I mean, you'll write down your name and hopefully you've taken some time as a family to, to pray about this and to process it together. And then the first thing you'll write down is your normal annual giving. And, and write that down. And, and maybe for a good number of us, we would say, you know what, I've, I've taken ownership of my faith and I tithe. And so I do have a normal annual giving because I, I believe in supporting the work of my church with my tithe. If you have something to write on that first line, I thank God for that. I really do, because what that reflects is that you've grown in your faith, and you've decided, no, I'm not going to just have everybody else foot the bill. I want to express and convey the value that I feel for what God is doing in the church. If you have something to write on that first line, I thank God for you, that you've gotten to that place in your own spiritual walk. And for some of us, it might be our first time to do that. And I want you to. I, I don't care right now how much the amount is. I just want you as a family or as an individual to be able to say, that's going to be a spiritual habit for me in my life. A normal 
annual giving. And yeah, I, 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 I would love to recommend that you consider being a tither. I just see so much blessing from God in that. But whatever you do, proceed in, in grace. So you got your normal annual giving, but then you reflect on the fact that, hey, it seems like this is going to take some extra to pull this off. And so you, you say, God, how much? And that's your expanded annual giving. You say, I'm going to add an extra whatever, 200, 2,000, 200,000. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> but you, you know, you, you add the expanded giving. And then you do the math on two years of that. Because remember, this is a two-year journey. And then you kind of carry that over, and that's al you're almost there. Then there's this line that says, gift from stored resources. What's that? Stored resources. You know, for some of us, the stored resources might be we have a savings account. And we've been saving, and we're not quite exactly sure what we were going to do with it. We just know it was right to save. And maybe God would prompt you to say, use that for this. Transfer it into an eternal account. And, and for others of us, it might look like our, our stocks or some investments that God has prospered us in. And that would be our stored resource. And we would say, yeah, I'm going to use that for this. I've realized that expanding this facility by 65% is going to take some, some serious financial backing. And I'm going to be used by God to be a part of it. And for others of us, uh, you know, there, there was one, uh, when, when we built the first church building, there was one family that had a piece of property, a, a ranch, a horse ranch, and felt moved by God to say, that's our stored resource. That's what we've got. And donated the property to our church, which was then sold, and, and the money was used to help build that building. If you've got kids in that building, like, you should know that how that got there was a bunch of believers going, hmm, this is a little uncomfortable, but... I believe, and I want to see the work of God advance, and I'll do my part. And the result is, man, some amazing ministry that's taken place there. So I want you to complete this commitment card over the next few weeks as God leads you. And then uh, bring it back, make the commitment known at uh, midway through November, and then starting December 1st for two years, we'll all together be making good on that commitment. So uh, in this one, it's one fund we're not doing a separate building thing and a separate tithing thing. It's just one commitment that we're going to make. And I want to urge you to make that one commitment with a heart full of faith and joy that you get to, that you get to bring something. And maybe you'll have a chance to see God pour out his blessing on, on your life as you do. You know, there's a, there's a young man who left his father's house when he was about 15 years old because his dad was just a broken person and really couldn't care for this kid anymore. And as he was leaving with all of his earthly possessions in a bundle, uh, his mom said to him, when you get your feet on the ground and you get a job, make sure you tithe to your church, William. And so William remembered that. And he got a job at a soap, soap factory. And uh, he was making good money at the soap factory. And he remembered the words of his mom that, you know, tithe to his church. And he did. And then uh, he had an opportunity to start a soap business of his own. And he started the soap business, and uh, he had a business partner, and, and he, he and the business partner agreed, we're going to tithe. We're going to take 10% of everything our business earns, and we're going to give it to our, our church. And uh, William wanted to give more, but his business partner wasn't down for that. And so uh, he, he couldn't. But the business partner ended up passing away, and then the business was all his. And he, he told his accountant, put an extra amount. Go beyond the tithe. Everything that this business earns, the first 10% goes to the tithe. 
and the business began to flourish. And as it grew, Williams said, let's make it 20%. And they gave 20%. And the business grew even more. And Williams said, make it 30%. And the accountant took the 30% and gave the business tithes 30% to the church. Make it 40%. This business keeps on growing. <laughs> make it 50%. 50%. The company was the, the man was William Colgate. And it's the Colgate Palm Olive Company. Maybe you never knew that, right? But there's this, it's a household brand, household name. But the origin was with a man who said, this is, this is a business that God has allowed me to, to be blessed with. But I want to make sure that the resources can flow where they need to. And he made a decision to put his money where his mouth was. And in his own telling of his story, I couldn't outgive God. I kept trying. But I couldn't outgive God. And the more I committed to further the work of the church, the more he poured out his blessing into my business and into my life. So today, I want to challenge you to step up to the stretch. I know that a topic like money, it's always, you know, a little, a little stretching for us. But the stretch is good. And so today, as you're, as you're leaving, you know, we have this prayer wall that we put out outside where we're going to be tearing down the wall and putting in the space for the ones God's going to bring our way. But we added an element this week, and it's, we're going to have to work on it a little. It's, it's, the, it's the number 100, and it's, it's spelled out with nails. And there's a bucket of green rubber bands. And what I want you to do is a prophetic act, a prophetic act that you walk up to our prayer wall, and you say, you know what, this is going to stretch me but I'm willing to be stretched. And then I want you to just stretch some rubber bands across that 100. The 100 stands for 100% participation. Remember that scripture where it said in verse 7, verse 8, each of you give a gift as you've decided in your heart to. Each of you, meaning 100% of us, but would you be willing to be stretched? Go to that prayer wall today. Pray for God to accomplish his purpose through it. And put your rubber bands up there and do it right so it spells the word 100. Uh, help fix it maybe. <laughs> I don't think I explained it clearly. So we got some kind of going across and you can't read the numbers anymore, but we'll work on it. <laughs> but you do your part. Be willing to be stretched. And, and understand that you'll never outgive God. You'll never outgive God. I mean, he's given his one and only son to you, that you might be saved for all eternity. He's given his new mercies to you every single day, that you can live in his grace and forgiveness. He's given his Holy Spirit to you, so that you can be filled up and buoyed up even in the midst of a storm. He gives to you his strength, so that you can rise up as on wings like eagles. He gives his own presence to you, and his promise to never leave you or ever forsake you. He gives to you this picture in his word that if you would partner with him, he will provide and even increase your story. You can never outgive your God. And it's worth it to stretch a little bit, to step into this dynamic and see his faithfulness. Yeah, you can praise him right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. So for every one of us, I'm praying today that you would allow yourself to be stretched. But for some of us, you need to hear this. God gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. And maybe there's a few of us today who are here that 
the truth is we don't know where we stand with God. We're trying to figure that out. What you need to know is that God has made the way for you to be right with him. It's through Jesus, his one and only son, whom he has given so that you'd believe in him and have everlasting life. I mean, when you just take it in, the richness of what God is willing to do for you, you, you see the ultimate picture of generosity. And you're created in the image of God, so it's in you too. This is a moment where you get to line up with a little bit of how God has created you. But for some today, this is the moment where you need to say yes to Jesus. Ask him to come into your life and forgive you. And ask him to be your savior, your Lord. Why don't you pray with me right now? Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for being the great supplier of the bread, of the seed. And I pray for all of my friends who are here today listening to this message, God, that you would help us to discern between the seed and the bread. And thank you for so much bread, God. I mean, would you just say that right now? Just say thank you for the bread. Just say it right now. Say thank you for the bread. No, no, really. I mean, come on. Uh, the buying a new car and paying the mortgage and going on a trip with your family, that's all bread. And the God who loves you is the one that bread comes through. Would you just say, God, thank you for the bread. Come on, like it's good, rich, you know, crunchy crust, sourdough, fresh out of the oven bread he gives. Would you just say, God, thank you for the bread. And for some of us, maybe right now you need to say, God, I need some bread. That's fair too. But now would you just begin to also say, and God, thank you for trusting me with some seed too. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the opportunity to sow some seed. So, Lord, I pray that you would move in our hearts to want to do that. Thank you, Lord.